All right, here we go. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one. Fuck. Do it again. What the fuck were you doing? <laughs> All right. Andy, are you okay? You good? Yeah, hit it. All right. Three, two, one. Honestly, though, you have played the game for a long time. Don't you have anything else to do with your time? Gaming Blues Podcast. Okay, you ever realize that even if you do time it, it's going to be some kind of delay because the internet's going to be like, this is why we need visual. This is why we need visual. (laughs) This is why I need faster internet. Yeah, you do. Get on my level. Pay what I pay. Dude, I'm seriously looking at Telus right now. No, you should. Shaw Shaw is bullcrap, especially if your parents watch TV. They don't. uh, If they watch TV while you're on the internet, it mm -hmm. will actually uh, make it slower. Oh, they don't. Like, nobody really watches TV anymore, which is good. No one watches TV. Dude, we even cut our basic, like, phone line. I mean, why do you need it? All of you have your own phones. I don't know. Like, back in. Like, it was mostly for my parents to call grandma in Korea because long distance was, like, free. but they can just do it on their phone. Long distance charges, though. Send them a send them a Facebook message. You think my grandma knows how to Facebook? I, I assume someone I, I, set I, her up with like a, I will with answer a my own question. No. <laughs> my grandma knew how to FaceTime, and she didn't even phone. FaceTime's different, though. Facebook and FaceTime. Also- it's literally just once you just initiate the call, and then she just swipes up. And, and goes whatever she says in Korean to say hello, grandchild. You're grossly underestimating how old people, like, interact with technology. Probably. I mean, my parents are pretty terrible with it, and my grandparents are not great, but they could do FaceTime. Remember that time your dad, like, clicked on the phishing email? Holy <laughs> shit, man. That, that broke me. That, that should... actually killed me on the inside. That shit was great, hearing from my perspective. I was so frustrated because I've told him so many times about how he can't believe everything that's in an email, even if it's like from a contact of his, because people can just pretend that. <laughs> I tried to explain to him, you need to look at the email address. Half the time people are trying to hook me up with like some girl. Man, those are good emails to get. <sighs> and then like the emperor of some Arabic country contacted me. It's like, Andy, I need your help. I'm this oh prince, my God. but I need right, $50,000. Right. All right, story time. Make sure this gets in. So, Bro. way back in about 2008, my mother received an email from a... Our last name is McPhail, which is Scottish in heritage. And mm-hmm. she received a, an email from a woman who also had the last name McPhail. <gasps> And essentially made this very long, like very detailed written email about how essentially that she was like a distant cousin. She was like a second cousin, <laughs> loosely related, right? Loosely, but still had the loosely same related. last name. Still had the same last name, mm. which I mean, if you go to Scotland, there's going to be a lot of McPhails. Really? Like, there's, there's, no, there's no escaping. Oh, yeah. Huh. I didn't Hell, know. Hell, in Arizona, there's a McPhail uh, vineyard. Do you own it? Uh, maybe. Your, <laughs> maybe Uncle Pappy McPhail owns Does it. Does your Who's distant cousin, the third cousin, own it? 
my my third my separated three times uncle. Okay. But uh, there's also there's also like a, a brewery that that's a McPhail brewery in Scotland. But the point being, this distant second cousin basically explained how her grandfather had just passed away, and in his will, it was written that he wanted to send an equal share of his fortune to every member of the family. And all of Scotland. And how and this and how he was like just ridiculously wealthy. Like we're talking like I think the email said like they're looking to part of like it was like a ten million dollar fortune they're separating and they're saying that we would get like a hundred something thousand dollars. That's it. <laughs> well, for just out of the nowhere, hey, I'm your cousin, by the way, here's a hundred grand. Please just send me your signature. <laughs> so that was the fish mm-hmm. but my mom was so convinced and wanted to believe so hard that this was real not that she was hard pressed for money because my mother and father they my family lives well flex but no no i'm just saying like they did they weren't desperate for money they weren't like oh man we need this to turn our life around it was more so my mom's like oh my god like I'm an idiot if I don't accept this type of thing. Like this is this is so amazing. This is this is incredible. This is this is a gift. For all my hard it, work. <laughs> and it took a hard week of convincing my mother to not send her signature to this woman <laughs> she did not know over the internet through email. I mean, you would think they would send an actual letter of some kind if it was something like a or, will. Or they would phone. Yeah, not through an email. That's in the spam folder. And I remember my mom was just walking around going, everyone, we might have to go to Scotland. We might have to go like <laughs> sign this in person. And I'm like, oh my God. did this person say where she lived? That's dope. No. Or no, no, she had the address. And I put it into Google Maps. And it was just like a castle. Like one of the castles that you can just visit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it was just, it was so, it's totally phony. I remember I got called and a very, a man speaking with a very thick East Indian accent claimed <laughs> that my Microsoft computer was at risk. Specifically, a Microsoft computer is at risk. Yes. <laughs> and I then asked him, because at the time I was living at home, so I had, he said, my main Microsoft Windows computer. Mm-hmm. And so I said, hold on, sir. There are three computers in this household. There is my mother's, my dad's, and mine. Which one is the main one? And that stumped him. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept kind of repeating his, his lines going like, no, listen, it's your main computer. You need to turn it on and you need to tell me your email address so I can send you this thing. And I was just like, you're not answering my question, though. Which I'm concerned. One? Which one's my main PC? This NPC's broken. <laughs> like, we were just going... I remember just back and forth, back and forth, till eventually he just hung up. Oh, man. Fishing people are so dedicated. They are. It's kind of a lost art these days. You know what else, what else is at risk, Darren? Mm. People who listen to this podcast when they didn't watch Endgame. <gasps> at risk of what, Andy? Spoilers! Welcome to the Gaming Blues Podcast Endgame Spoilercast Edition. My name is Andy. This is a weekly podcast where my friend Darren and I talk about video games and entertainment. Wait for your cue, dammit. Who are you again? I I thought that was my cue. No. You don't. I I will cue you, sir. Oh. Introduce yourself. I'm Darren. 
I talk about stuff on podcasts. I like to think we are the the Harold and Kumar a podcast, except that you're not Arabic. You know, <laughs> I would appreciate that reference, but I've never actually watched one of those movies in their entirety. Uh, you're not missing much. But do you watch the first one? Because Neil Patrick Harris is a gem of a I man. I feel like I've seen half of the first one. I feel like You've I was watching it like, home with friends, yeah. and then one of its uh, 18A scenes popped up, and my mom was about to walk in the door, and so the Whoa. movie went off. Yeah. You know, if anything, that movie made me aware of White Castle, and coincidentally, in Kelowna, of all places, had a white parent to actually had a White Castle. I was going to say, I'm like, I don't think there's like white castles where we are. It's It was all. like, it closed down really fast, but there was one. I was like, wow. So that's what it is. <laughs> anyway. It a was gift. A, you should go watch it. It's a good movie. Is it? It's a good B, B rated, what do you call this? Like, it's a good shit show of a movie. It's like, it's like a it's stoner movie, right? A stoner humor? Yeah. It's a great stoner movie. The second one goes gets a, like really weird but I think the first one is like right amount of weird, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, I'm glad I... Which one am I of the duo? Do you want to be the Korean? I mean, I, I don't know. Am I the straight man in this? In this, Who's the wacky guy? Like, like how's that work? So in Harold and Kumar, um, Harold is like the, like the, you know, the proper like Korean guy. Of course. That, that goes to school and proper blah, blah, blah. And the Kumar is the, his best friend. But he's the one that does all the drugs and stuff. So he kind of like, you know, teases Harold like, come on, man. Let's just puff yeah. one up and go all Yeah, yeah, crazy. I get that. I get that. But which, who's who? I think you'd be Harold. <laughs> oh, all right. So you're, all right. You're you know the, what? I feel it. You're I the Korean. It. I'm the one that drags you to crazy adventures. <laughs> Light one up. Yeah, I'm the responsible one. Yep. Anyway. But... Dear listener, you should be responsible and take care to go see Endgame or proceed along if you do not care about being spoiled by the events of that movie. The following podcast from this point on will be strictly spoilers. Endgame is a great movie and you should watch it. Provided you like Marvel. If you if you don't like any of them, and this will do nothing for you. Which is perfectly fine. You're um, okay to not like things. That is correct. So, Darren, personal story. Mm. Not Endgame, but Infinity War. Super stoked. When it was first announced, I wanted to watch it so bad. But I took my sweet time getting tickets for it, going, oh, I'm going to go watch it with my friends. Oh, my friends are busy. Okay, I can wait, like, I don't know, two or three weeks. I can wait. Wow. That's very uh, generous of you. Yeah, because all my friends uh, watched the Civil War together. So, like, yeah, you know. Let's go watch Infinity War together. It'll be fun. But Twitter sucks. The internet sucks. Instagram sucks. Was this before you muted stuff? Yes. Yeah. But the point I think, being... I think actually, at that point, that was when I was like, hey, I should probably mute keywords if I want to stay spoiler-free. I don't follow Which a lot sucks. of people on Twitter or anything like that. It just happens, though. People, someone retweets something, and then nowadays, if someone likes something, it will show up. They like a tweet that spoils stuff. Or there's just promoted tweets that might be completely unrelated to stuff you view. And somehow that leads into spoilers. It's funny how the internet works. 
such is life, such is Jack. So going back to the story, the disappear like the I don't feel so good scene from Infinity War. I guess it's kind of yes. a spoiler in itself. But I mean, everyone knows a- about it. That got spoiled so many times and got memed up so many times. <laughs> I like just saw it randomly on the internet. I was like, oh, what is this referring to? And then everyone was like, Infinity War. I'm like, fuck. I just ruined myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that point in like Marvel cinematic movie history was very hard to not know about mm-hmm. because of how prolific it was and how impactful it had been upon its audiences so yeah it doesn't surprise me that would be the thing that you would get spoiled on so after that i told myself the next movie i will watch it on day one opening night so nothing will spoil me and i will have like well not my vengeance i guess but like kind of redeem myself yeah to not to get spoiled I mean, there's also a certain excitement to watching a superhero movie on opening night. Because generally, most people want to be there. It, it was actually my very first opening night movie that I went to in my life, I think. Oh, really? Cause That's crazy. Because usually, I don't like crowds. And going on a mo- opening night, if you don't get good tickets, you get a, like, a really bad seat. Usually, like far yeah. left or far right. Or, God forbid, like the very first three rows. Yeah, thanks, Ian. My, my brother, <laughs> my brother insisted that I see uh, the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie with him after I'd seen it with you. Of course. Which we went opening night and got good seats. Was it opening night? Uh, it's pretty much opening night. Oh, okay. My brother. Oh wait, um, who I, I, who I drove yeah. him and his friend to see it with us, mm-hmm. and he insisted that he had got great seats. Great seats. We were the very, very front row of the theater. I mean, those diagrams are kind of misleading. Uh, there's there's a point where it says screen. <laughs> I mean, like the middle. And, and when you look at the first <laughs> row and screen, I, there's a clear, clear moment. You know, before we get super into Endgame, because this relates to Infinity War and it all loops back. Please do. I took my brother on opening night to see Infinity War. Oh. I didn't notice. My brother, at the time, when did it come out? 2016, 17? 17, I think. So he would have been about 11. 11 mm-hmm. turning 12. And my brother's a very sensitive boy. He, I remember back when he was like five years old, he got nightmares from a Zerg wallpaper I had on my uh, desktop background. Dude, Zerg was scary. It was like <laughs> not scary. It was like a battle with a bunch of people. It was it was literally nothing. The boys but he got ten. nightmares from it. Okay, he was five. That's time. even worse. <laughs> but he is, he didn't see it. He just saw like a glimpse at first. Anyway, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. His favorite favorite superhero is Spider Man. Like many people, many children, people love Spider Man. Yep. And my brother really likes Tom Holland as Spider-Man. The greatest version of Spider-Man. Like, he's seen Spider-Man Homecoming like eight or nine times at this point. He loves him. He loves watching him as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Sure, great movie. So when, when the snap happens and Peter Parker looks to Tony Stark and says, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark, my brother broke down. <laughs> 
in that theater. Why, Marvel? He, Why? He was a freaking wreck. Like, I had to drive him home. He's just <laughs> bawling. Like, he is just so <sighs> upset. It's not even like, like, it's not even like that. It was just like, it was like being at a family member's funeral type of cry. Oh, God. Just like silent sobs and just couldn't and could not stop. And I'm trying to talk to him. I'm like, Ian, there's already <laughs> like three Spider-Man sequels planned. He's clearly going to be around. But he's you dead need to, now, like, Darren. snap out of it. He's dead and he's now. like, but they could be prequels. <laughs> I remember, he's just, he's crying. Three he's just, prequels. they could be prequels. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, uh, so that that was that that was my brother Ian seeing Infinity War. So Infinity War was very impactful, very enjoyable movie to watch opening night. There was a guy in front of us who was hyped every time there was anything happening. Mm-hmm. Like when Captain America shows up, he's like, "Yeah, Cap, come on!" And it's like, "Okay, this is like a sporting event." But uh, but yeah, End Game opening night, very excitable crowd. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, as good friends we are, I dragged Darren to opening night of the movie. I literally messaged him the moment the tickets went on sale. I'm like, Darren, free after Thursday. We're going to see this movie opening night at fucking 11 p.m. At least I got good seats. Yeah, he did. You got good seats. Yep. And on the way to the movie, I was like, because he told me about the story about the his experience with Infinity War. I was like, I really hope there's a guy who's like super hyped for this movie because I some people really hate when people like scream things out loud or clap. I, I am generally in the camp of don't yell during my movie. Like we're all like we're all here to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like don't ruin it, sort of deal. Like if you're watching it at home and someone gets excited, you know, sure, whatever. But if you're like screaming, like the guy in front of us was literally losing his mind. Any, when anything happened. Like, you know when Star-Lord shoots his gun and bubbles come out? In, in Infinity War, yes. Yeah. He was, like, losing his mind. Like, the greatest plot twist of all time. Just like, just like oh! Bubbles! Oh, oh he didn't shoot her! He was looking like, he's the- just like... And everyone's, like, looking at him like, dude. Like, there's some times when it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But there's other times you're like, okay, now you're getting annoying. Luckily, the people during our endgame uh, screening... We're like everyone was like generally hyped at the same time. So I even when yeah. they like I uh, yell things out loud or like going like oh, it was actually like in sync. So I think it like yeah, it, it was definitely when it was definitely when something happened that was meant to excite the audience. Everyone mm. was into it, which I love. Which kind of enhances the experience. So I like, think to, it's to, like to not get ahead style. of myself. To not get ahead of myself. Uh-huh. The bit that involves a certain character picking up a certain weapon at a certain time <laughs> yeah the whole crowd all felt the same like exhilaration same excitement the exact same time i haven't like been everyone psyched. was so on board with that i was almost like prepared to just grab your arm and go like oh shit i haven't said yo like so many times in a movie yeah there's some there's some good stuff there so i think we should actually talk about the movie proper 21 minutes in we're doing good buddy Anyway. We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing I told great. you it'd be great. I, I told you. All right. So Easily. I think the unanimous opinion between the two of us is that Endgame is the greatest. Well, it's a great movie to start. 
And for me, it's the best Marvel movie up to date. Would you agree? Generally, I would agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a loaded statement because it's so fresh mm-hmm. and it's the latest greatest thing, and that's like kind of the hype thing. But I think the movie does so much right on delivering on the promise of a twenty movie spanning saga that it like there it has no right to be as successful as it is, and because it is so successful in like achieving that unity of all these different supporting casts and characters like i think it it has to be the best one like just purely based off of how well it pulls off pulling everyone together and just the excitement felt the like the developments that happened within the movie themselves like it just has to be i would say it's probably it's probably my favorite with like winter soldier and spider-man homecoming being like right up behind it I think I might st- still be in the honeymoon phase. That's oh, why probably I like for sure. Probably I'm, for sure. And also seeing it again, just to see, because I like going to see movies again and trying to see what I missed and try to like pick out like, uh, <clears throat> like three D CG techniques they might use. Yeah. That I might not notice the first. I mean, time. I, I'm definitely gonna take my fam- my family to see it since we we saw Infinity War together later. Ah, there you go. Yeah. But Ian yeah, was I do much agree. more brave for that showing. That it's up there for me right now is like the best one because I went to see because Inf- I thought Infinity War was also great, but yeah, I went to see I it again. Really in liking like Infinity War at the time, Netflix, but like second time seeing it, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. I watched it two days. It was on the Saturday after the Thursday, so I watched it on Saturday. I was just home alone. I was eating pizza and I was like, "Hey, I don't want to do anything right now." And I looked on Netflix, saw it there. And watched it. And I definitely walked away from it going like, man, once you know the general structure of the movie, it really loses a lot of that impact. And mm-hmm. it's not as exciting as I remember it being. Like, it, like there's, it's definitely a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to hate oh, no, on no, anyone no. who loves the movie. Because it is a good movie. It does a lot right. And it's still a totally fun ride. And I, I enjoyed watching it, but I definitely walked away from it a lot less impressed than I did initially. I think some parts were also tedious at times, which made me kind of like skip, which was the yeah, beauty of Netflix. like the whole stuff with the Dwarf Forge, that, that oh, stuff's yeah. really uninteresting. It's just so bland. Mm-hmm. And Peter Dinklage, is just, it was just a weird cast. They just put him in there to get him in there. But... End game, yeah. Once I once we see it again, it will really be showing that if it's interesting the second time around again, then maybe it's better than Infinity War. Well, let's tech, talk about why. First of all, this movie is so interesting. I think the biggest reason why is because it does not have the Marvel movie formula, which is which is you have hero, you have event pops up in hero's life. They go into a downward spiral or things are against them. They must rise to the occasion, fight the bad guy who's a one-time bad guy of the movie, and proceed to be heroes. This happens in like 75% of all Marvel movies. And I think this Endgame allows for that because Infinity War ended in such like a cliffhanger. This Endgame like, feels like a part two it, it definitely is marketed. It's definitely it's definitely filmed and marketed as a uh, a part two. Mm-hmm. Like but unlike I, Harry this, Potter, like whole, it succeeded. 
Like, it, this movie literally starts, like, right where Infinity War left off. And it starts, like, right where the Captain Marvel uh, end credits picked up. Mm-hmm. With Captain Marvel's going, hey, what happened? Oh, God. Oh, yo. Let's go. Here he is. Let's go get him. Uh, and Okay, then let's, let's just go through and kind of talk about, like, our favorite moments. Starting from the beginning, if you can I just sort remember. of wanted to talk about the, the break. <laughs> The, the break from convention, like just oh, how yeah, cool. how the, that opening bit of them going after Thanos and he's all like emaciated, he's weak, he doesn't have the stones anymore, and they just kill him. I thought that was like really abrupt too, especially because all the marketing of the movie leads you to believe that this is supposed to go wrong again. Like Thanos is supposed to beat them again. They're supposed to build up and have their big fight. Like they they totally market that. The way the movie, ha- like how it occurs, was mm-hmm. not hinted at in the marketing at all, which is incredibly impressive considering how big this movie is and how easily they could have gone into that territory to hype it up. Mm-hmm. Especially like, oh, they're going to uh, gather everyone again, get the suits, and then go fight Thanos in the, the new planet he made. But nope, they just yeah. kill him in the first, I like to say like, like five minutes. minutes of movie? Yeah. Really, it's really quickly. Early. It's so abrupt. And then it just says five years later. And I sat there going, oh, this is not the movie I was expecting to watch. And that was a delightful change. And I think that's the majority of the reaction of the like the public as well. Like they did not expect the time skip yeah. at all. And then for more or less half the movie, it's a heist movie of them trying to go back in time using PIM particles and the quantum realm to go back to various points in time to steal each Infinity Stone and use it to bring everyone back. Which I loved. I loved that aspect. Like, going back to the previous movies. And I think the one thing they really nailed here that I don't think any other Marvel movie has been really successful in is showing sort of the disparity between like the the current timeline and then like the past timeline like showing off why it it matter why both like the, why the present of them losing everyone is still important mm-hmm. and why bringing everyone back is important like yes. they did that so well like like that whole bit with Tony Stark and his daughter is probably like one of the best father daughter dynamic movies i've seen like a superhero movie i love you 3000 daddy like that uh, kills me at the end of the movie, where it's his, his playback saying that. Like that kills me, and I, I really like how they set up the stakes. Like they took their time, maybe too much time, but they took their time to set up the whole state of the world, and to show you how some people thrive, some people have gone down to shit, and how why there's importance to to protecting what they have, mm-hmm. and why it matters to bring everyone back. I I thought like thematically. That was so powerful. Do you mind if I, uh, like, insert a segue real quick? Oh, you know how she, you know the number three thousand. I think I, I know where you're going with this. So I did not realize this till today because at the time I was, I was like, oh, just being his daughter, just being cute, like you know, say, like, oh, I love you, Infinity Daddy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But turns out. If you take every single Marvel movie released from, I think, the first Iron Man up to Endgame, if you add up the entire the movie playtime, where each movie is around at least 100 minutes minimum, it adds up to 3,000. Which is... 
an insane Ugh. Easter egg if you think about it. Is that an Easter egg or is that just coincidence? It can't be. Kawhi I mean, 3000. It be. Because it just sounds better. It has to be. I mean, it will, it will still what sounds like What sounds like a better joke? Tony Stark walking up to Pepper Potts and being like, oh, see, she loves you 100, she loves me infinity. Uh, she I loves think that's me a you 100, buddy. she loves me 3000. But yeah, yeah if it's it. Easter eggs, <laughs> kudos to them, because that's uh, it's clever. But yeah, going back to the stakes of it all, um, I kind of, I really love that they really um, give a bigger role to Hawkeye in this movie. Especially from like the get go, I have mixed feelings on how they uh, they Kinda made wrong. Hawkeye cool. Yes, like they, they 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 w- they tried very very hard to make him cool. Really, and I thought it was really like good how they like gave him something to fight for and his like motivation and all this. No, I agree with that. It's more so like the change to his character where he's a lot more brooding and desperate. And how he fights with a sword now all of a sudden. That was like like in, in, in Age of Ultron, he's he because Hawkeye traditionally is this super goofy guy that knows he's in way over his head, being just a normal person amongst gods and demigods and also and wizards and all sorts of crazy crap. And rich people. Like in, in Age <laughs> of Ultron, the best line in the movie is when he's trying to explain to some pedestrian in that city that, that's flying and they're fighting. He's trying to explain, look, there's robots everywhere, people are flying, I have a bow. That's the best that's, line from the that's, old It's song. the best line from that movie. It's great. And and I, I just found it so weird that they really pushed his sword play. Mm-hmm. Like, he swings that sword, and he gets a lot of use out of it. He gets a lot of kill. They have a whole dedicated fight sequence to the sword. Like a duel. And I don't know why they went to Japan for that. It's like the only reason they show Tokyo <laughs> is sort of one scene. Yeah, it was, and he's speaking Japanese, which I just, yeah, he speaks perfect Japanese. Out of nowhere, Jeremy like, oh. Renner, Jeremy Renner, just speaking Japanese was just so weird. It took me out of it, especially when they show you like his family on their farm, and then it's yeah. just him in Japan. It's not like Tokyo. Although, like, wait, 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 where I'm, are we going? Speaking of Hawkeye, how great was that opening scene with him and his family? Oh my god! Like, of all the things to start with, you got to start with that. Ugh. Especially because probably the best part of Age of Ultron is is Hawkeye's development with his family, mm-hmm. and that that line I mentioned, and then they just take it away like that, and it's it's so good. Like I said, this movie really drums at the stakes, but I do agree. I like Hawkeye in this movie. I was just really weirded out by the the heavy the samurai life. Ronin motif they were going with him. Is a bit I, 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 I can agree with that. Like, he goes from, like, goofball family guy, and now like he's, like, a cold-blooded Japanese-speaking killer. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> guess <My> that... depression <laughs> made me cunning. I guess losing your family makes you Japanese. I don't know. <laughs> like, he's doing Virgil's sword moves. <laughs> like, when he's sheathing his sword I, and stuff. I need more power. <laughs> No, he, that, that's literally it. He literally is. This is becomes Virgil. Need more power, foolishness. Oh I, have you seen that image I posted on? I, I retweeted on Twitter. Oh no! What is it? Where it's Virgil saying, "Foolishness, Thanos. Foolishness. Without power, you cannot protect anyone, let alone yourself." And it's him, like when he stabs Dante. Yeah. But instead of it being Dante's it's face, Thanos. it's Thanos when he gets hit by Thor's hammer. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's just perfect. 
man if <laughs> virgil's the savior we need hey man there's a devil may cry netflix series we might get something we might get something oh god it, it can but, be good uh, i'm hopeful it could be good going back but to uh movie. yeah hawkeye hawkeye is great they set up the stakes so well and how i want to kind of poke you about this since this is literally I want to say 50%, if not like 60% of the runtime, is dedicated to this whole heist. Mm -hmm. In the planning of it, in the actual acting of it, when things go wrong, up to the final conflict. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of the movie. How did you feel about it? Because it's radically different from everything else they've done, traditionally. I thought it kind of dragged on a bit in terms of there are a lot more... Like, I'm trying to make situations funny. Then, like... Like, okay, the whole world's at stake. You're trying to fight for, to bring everyone back. <clears throat> Sorry. And every now and then, all I hear is just people laughing from, like, one, like one-liners. And I thought, okay, that's great and all, but... You know, maybe you can, like, save the time later to show more action scenes? Maybe? I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Like, the final battle. Yeah, I mean that 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 is what the audience came in waiting for, mm-hmm. but we weren't really sure when we were gonna get it. But I'm and, I know why they did it. I just oh it's a, yeah. But I'm like okay, like it's understandable because you're trying to fit all this narrative into a three hour time slot. So I, I just kind of I just, just kind of went with it. And for what it's worth, I think it it was kind of like boring at times because like okay, kind of go on, move on, get with yeah. the plot. I feel like the pacing for their whole planning of the heist was definitely long. took up way too much time. Mm-hmm. They could have cut that. They could have easily cut like an entire five minute joke with the whole baby thing with Ant-Man turning into a baby when they're trying to first practice. They, they could have that cut that to though? like, no, no, because it doesn't because the next scene, they, they perfect the technology. I mean, I think they have to show like, oh, like t- Show like okay, time travel is really like but uh, dangerous. Look at this; he can turn into a baby. On and on, like they kept, they did like every age for him. Like it would have been hilarious if he they did it, then all of a sudden he's a teenager, mm-hmm. and then there was. But like, they already maybe, did that for Anben, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they did that, and he's like a he's like a like a kid, right? They turn him into a kid, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh no, it's not working. And then and they cut to like the next scene, and he's still a kid. And he's still like complaining about it, and then they cut back, and then they're like, okay, we figured we figured it out now. <laughs> we figured it out. Move For, on to the next it, scene. That it, like stuff like that, like that joke sequence, mm-hmm. dr- it just dragged on. Like the, it went on for like at least three or four minutes to this one joke, which started off funny and then lost a lot of its edge, in my opinion. No, I agree and, with and you. I, it did drag and I think on. For there's, a long time. I think there's stuff like that they could have really trimmed down on for the whole prep. I think the brainstorming scene also could have been cut down a bit too, but maybe yeah, that's just it could. Have, I mean, part of it was necessary. I think, but I, I generally think the pacing of that whole planning could have been tighter, <laughs> and then the parts that dragged the most, probably in the actual heist, the act of the heist itself was the military base mm-hmm. and the space stuff. Um. Yeah, I think. The space stuff really dragged on. I think the the first Avengers movie scene was yes, okay, even if yes, it kind of them, dragged on. I I loved them going back to Avengers. Oh my god, we need to talk about the elevator scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you do the honors. Elevator scene, go. No, I'll let you. This is you. Holy shit. Okay, so this scene is where 
the Captain America is trying to get the Tesseract and the, I think the staff from yeah. Hydra <laughs> or agents dis, uh, disguised as Hydra. So they, he gets in the elevator with them and everyone's like, well, what's Captain America doing here? I thought he was like upstairs. Why is he with us? Then Cap's like, you know what? You know, command told me that I need to take the staff away and I need to guard it, you know, for safety. And they're all like murmuring amongst themselves. It's like, what is this guy doing? And he, they're like getting ready to attack him. And the captain goes, hail Hydra. And I just lose my shit. That's a it was th- even better because they just cut to him walking away from the elevator with it. Because that's just a throwback to that, the the whole controversy that happened where they yeah, made yeah. Captain America a Hydra member. And I know yeah, everyone like lost their shit about Hydra that. Agent. Yeah, that's, so, that's such a dumb thing. And the but... best part is most of my friends won't get this reference. <laughs> yeah, That's the I, best and, and... part. It, that that's kind of the fun that, the fun of it and it's also like a double a double joke on the whole them just whispering into each other's ears hail hydra and just dumb crap like that because that was like a whole meme of itself i don't know if you saw me during that moment but i was like laughing my ass off because yeah, you, like... you were you were hysterical <laughs> i was like they actually did that shit like <laughs> yeah I mean, oh like I, they nailed the comedy so well for everything with the Avengers stuff. Like with the whole that, like them just commenting on Captain America's ugly ass costume in that movie. Hey, hey, that's America's ass right there. <laughs> yeah, and the whole fight with himself. <gasps> Command. Just I him found going, Loki. Bucky's alive. <laughs> I found Loki. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, and Loki just bamfing out. I. Uh, Especially when he when the cap goes like, "Oh, I found Loki." That was such a smooth transition, because that's mm-hmm. one of those moments where like, "Okay, what what he's gonna do when he sees his future self?" But no, they just give like the best answers, like, "Oh, Loki." Yeah, Loki can transform. It's definitely a well a well planned and well executed idea of of them going back to the past. So they don't have to explain like, "Oh, like what's gonna happen if he meets his future self?" Kind of thing. Because when I'm thinking about it. I feel like this whole Avengers 1 stuff was actually not that long. Because it was so good. But yeah, I, well, I, no, do no, agree. I don't it think it was. Because I feel like the military base stuff was like equally as long, if not longer. And all that was was Captain America and Tony Stark. And most of it was dominated by Tony Stark talking with his dad or Captain America staring at Peggy. But I think those moments were important for the ending. They, they were. 100% agree. But mm-hmm. I, I just feel like that, that whole sequence could have been tighter. True. Like, like I get it that Captain America's sad, but we've had this whole Peggy stuff being brought up in Winter Soldier, where he he, he met her. Mm-hmm. Or no, that's in Civil War, he met her, right? And then he meets like, he her meet granddaughter. Didn't he her in the first... Oh, the granddaughter, yes, yes, yes. Maybe, I think it's Winter Soldier, he actually talks to like old Peggy. Uh, and then, in the, yes, or it might be I Civil War. So. I might be confusing the two because they kind of blend together a bit. I think it might but, be uh, Winter Soldier, but yeah, go on. Yeah, there's that whole weird, awkward will they, won't they with her granddaughter that was just so strange. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they brought back that whole aspect of like you know his his four long love. But it definitely, mm-hmm. I didn't need to see like three minutes of him looking at her. <laughs> And shot to him, and shot to Peggy, and shot to like him, one and shot, shot to Peggy. To, I I feel like one shot to to her, mm-hmm. like maybe like a ten second shot of, of of her, and then cutting back to Cap, and then sort of like cutting to like him like walking away, just like showing that like emotion. 
but he knows he has to go away versus how long it, it really lingered on it. What I want to know is how did Peggy not notice someone staring at her like a, <laughs> because from behind the, the window? Because the wouldn't work otherwise. That's so creepy though too. Like you just some boy just like staring at them like behind the yeah, window. Yeah, it was a little it was a little Hannibal Lecter or something there going on. Definitely a little uh uncanny. Okay, um I have a question for you. Yes. Since you were asking me a question. Um the conversations between conversation between Tony Stark and Howard Stark. And you know how in the Iron Man movies he kind of um Howard was kind of a dick to Tony. Before he found out that like, Howard really loves him, in that like secret video, How I you... always thought that he had a good relationship with his dad. Did he? I, I always thought under... like that. He... I don't think so. From like the th- relationship only like Civil got better War. from like Iron Man two. I'm I thinking. Think. I'm thinking of Civil War, like when it when they had awkward CG to- young Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, like talking to his parents like the before they the go movie. away and they die. I think it was really bad in the start. I think it got better yeah. in Iron Man 2 because he saw that... They're, well, they were already long dead. Oh, yeah. But they the same, like, I think dead. the... Like, it's one of the things that he wanted to wrap up, like seeing his dad one more time. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, what do you think of the interaction between the two? I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the back and forth they had. And I, I really enjoyed their sort of seeing the growth in Tony's character as much as he's just been a snarky asshole for like literally all the movies up to like this point in this movie. It's probably like the one point this. where he stopped. <laughs> he just stopped being the sarcastic asshole, which Tony Stark, that's what, that's what he is. But, uh, that was the one I think, I think, I think it's yeah. probably, it's probably this like the most humanizing scene for him outside of him being with his daughter. I, and I think it, it. I think it. I think it is. Its purpose in the grand scheme of the movie is very useful in setting up that payoff with the the final bit of like showing Tony how his dad understood the responsibilities of like raising a child, and it reaffirms his position. And I think it it sort of cements why he's doing what he's doing. And also kind of raised the flag that something might happen to him later for giving all these like closure. I mean, the instant they gave him a daughter. <laughs> That's a flag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, loved one? Well, You're especially, especially how long they spent showing that little back and forth. Like, like that, that whole thing of her, like, saying, read me a story. Like, that, that was a death flag. <laughs> Is she canon? Uh, Maybe. I'm not. I haven't really read too much of. I, I've most of my Marvel experience is like comic wise is graphic novels, mm. just so sort of like standalone stories. Okay. Or Punisher. Oh, I've what? read all of the Punisher for some <laughs> reason. How do you feel about not possibly getting a season three? Uh, I don't know. I haven't even watched season two. What, Darren? I I saw like part of an episode where they show Jigsaw and I was like come on I thought season 2 was really good but Jigsaw well minus him but everything else was good everyone's talking about how ugly he is and he's the same beautiful actor with like a, a single stitch I mean they can't really fuck up his face <laughs> they can they definitely can the power of That's modern the whole CG point of Jigsaw <laughs> It's supposed uh, to reflect how ugly he is on the inside. 
I mean, I like the Punisher a lot. I like I like their version of the Punisher, but that is getting away from the point of this, which is despite how I like stuff in this whole American army base shield base sequence with uh, uh, Howard Stark and uh, oh my god, her uh, shit Peggy, her shit Peggy. I almost said shaky. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, with Peggy and Howard Stark. I really like those scenes, but I definitely feel like the whole thing could have been wrapped up sooner. There's also so many questions during that heist part, too. It's like nobody's questioning them just taking like briefcases and just wandering I mean, around. They, they, uh, they were. They got in trouble. I think I it's more for like Howard not saying anything. Yeah. He's just like carefree. He's like, oh, you're a new guy. Okay, let me just walk you to my car. Yeah, you know. Also, how do you he f- liked him. <laughs> how do you feel that Jarvis is the name of the butler? I love that. Me I too. thought that was a nice nod. And it made me realize how much I still hate Vision. Vision is a missed opportunity to say No, he's not. No, Vision sucks. I'm glad he's dead forever. Oof. <laughs> he was too <laughs> he was too powerful for his own good. Vision was better as a stone. Alright. So there was the the first Avengers heist, the military base heist. There's the there's the suicide fight, which I will say was the most confusing part <laughs> of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye and Black Widow running to jump off the the cliff on that planet whose name escapes me to Mar- get the Soul Stone. <laughs> v- was it, did like, it have I, a I get that. Like I think I they're know. absolutely the right pair to send there for an emotional impact, since none of the other Avengers are as tight knit. I love they like, send literally, two humans literally with no every powers. other remaining Avenger at that point are not that buddy buddy. No, so everyone's they, playing it, for their own It was own more stakes. emotional being the two of them, but just how goofy it was of him like shooting explosive arrows trying to knock her away from the cliff <laughs> that was hilarious or they're like freaking going they're literally punching each other trying to like flip the other person away and then there's the whole sequence of like she jumps off and he like grapples her and like gets onto the cliff like it, it was just so over the top for what should have been a more emotional scene it was still emotional i think like the whole gamora more... dying scene like compared to that, they this was just like they put more comical. they put more weight to that for sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there should have been more of a like a discussion, like a a them sort of each stacking their reasons, and then there being like a thing of no, but you need to do this, and then she goes. Such and a he, weird and thing. He's too no, slow. Like I he need to die. Well, you no, know, I'm gonna die. Yeah, no, I'm was, gonna die. Like that's an example of where they could have saved time for sure. No kidding. Because that was like what, like a five-minute, four-minute sequence of them wrestling with each other to see who will get to kill themselves. And the other thing is like uh, the question that arises, and of course, it's only because they're trying to make this more um, emotional and heavy on the viewers that a major character dies for this. But did they not know like that? Forever. Yeah, forever. But like, did they not know from? The Gamora sister, I forgot her name escapes me. Uh, uh, oh my god, I know it, I know it, I know it. Fear it out. Uh, it ends with a ta. It ends with a ta. 
Oh my god. You know what? Gamora. Google oh, Look it up. You're weak. You're weak. Keep talking. Know. I'll figure it out. Okay, so the the gag that's going on on like the social media is like, why didn't they just like get a puppy or something and throw that off the cliff? <laughs> and they'll serve as actually a have to care about it. <laughs> and they'll serve as a sacrifice. And I always wonder, like, you know that the I guess like death in this case, the red skull or red. Yeah, why red just, skull. Like, I just toss him off the cliff. Because I think he's <laughs> like a specter sort of thing. I mean, like, I don't know. His him being there is still weird to me, and doesn't really make a lot of sense. Is instead of actually getting the death character from the Marvel universe, the actual death. Yeah, it, it was strange to see to see him there, just floating about, being loosely gentleman still. Do you remember the name? Galacta. <laughs> it's it's from... something that ends with a ta. Oh my god, that we're horrible. Me so much. We're horrible people. No offense to the actor, your acting was great. <laughs> I mean, I don't like her character still, and she definitely felt the most out of place of the whole team, which could be intentional given how she inadvertently betrays them. Mm-hmm. Not since, on her own. Since own she accord, and her past self share a a hot spot connection and can just backhack each other, because apparently that's space technology. Yeah, I thought that was stupid. It was incredibly is a incredibly efficient and cheap way to get Thanos of the past to be aware of what they're doing. Neural networks now working between all timelines. Yeah, Jeez. definitely, definitely strange. Because that means you could send her to like every timeline, and she could gather an army of herself. Because they'll be sharing the same thought, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like, still that's so weird. Yeah, it's, it's just... That that was strange. It's honestly probably my biggest issue with the whole movie. Galactus. Galactus. <laughs> like her neural network being suddenly just... Nebula! Activated. Nebula, there you go. I knew it was a space name. Yeah, Ta ends with Ta, my ass. Anyway. Uh, Ta-la, <laughs> it's the same sound. Anyway. Um, going back to the cliff scene a moment, I think that was the most... I don't want to say disappointing, but it's kind of like leaves like a weird taste in my mouth. Of like I'd how, say it was the most underwhelming. Of all the like the major character death in the movie, I think uh, the Black Widow death part yeah. was like, I was like, okay, whatever. It definitely felt less pronounced because it, it, le- it felt less impactful because of how goofy it was. If she died protecting Hawkeye, maybe during like the final fight, I think that would have carry more emotion. But like, yeah, it it was just too goofy. Of how Even they if it's it. just a case of 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 them having that conversation of Clint going like my my wife, my whole family's dead. Oh, I, I need have to, to do go. this. It like it would have been way more profound if she just looked at him and said, "But you have a chance to bring them back." And he goes, "But but you've built this family. You need to stay with them." And she would say, "No." No. I need to protect them right now. Or something like that, you know? Like, just saying, like, no, I'm doing this for my family. You have the chance to still have both. Or, like, so, or like a, or even her just saying, this is your chance to, like, redeem yourself. Just stop. Yeah, I think that they should have played the, the redemption part more Yeah, on Hawkeye's like, part. Because like, it's, it's more so this was, like, an easy way for him to redeem himself for killing one Japanese guy. And thousands of I know. I know they talk up. about it in the background that he's been on like a vigilante murder spree for, for like five the past years. five years, but they Whatever. really don't dwell on it. No, because that'd be too 
like more time explaining like unnecessary. Yeah, there's there's already enough subplots and timelines and other stuff going on. But yeah, I, I'd say the the whole fight to fight to suicide is generally pretty weak, and the the sequence with Nebula and how they they hack up the Nebula of the past, especially because it seems they're having issues because of each other being there, whereas Cap did not have that and he fought himself. Yeah. Which is this weird. Technology. It's, it's Lily's case of alien technology is magic and this is how it works. It's a plot contrivance. The plot can move forward. I get it. Let's move on. The, the plot <laughs> has to move forward somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, oh, before, we had uh, Thor yeah. and Rocket Raccoon. Oh my god. How... To back it up, Tubby Thor. Back it up. You mean Fortnite Thor? Yeah. That's definitely appealed to the uh, the audiences of today. I can't wait to hear your brother's reaction because I know he's a big Fortnite fan. Oh, he he said that was his favorite part of the movie, and I wanted to slap him right then and there. No, <laughs> Just being like there was so no. much better stuff that happened. Oh my god, I'm surprised the to get good internet connection me, there to play Fortnite. Yeah, the only thing that confused me is I thought all of them died because their ship blew up, but I guess Thanos I only know. killed half. And just but happened we never to saw let them half. live. We never Bob, saw what happened to the other half. They're dead. Or it, like, I, well, I, I guess I just they come back. I presume so. Like when Valkyrie was there, I was like, "Oh yeah, you're still a th- you're still a thing." So Fat Thor. How, Great, what, how, Chris. Did, this is Chris Hemsworth's best performance. In a fat this suit. is the best like acting performance he has ever done. I agree. He, he ranges from being an emotional wreck to being absolutely hilarious to being like furious and intimidating to the point and just being a goofball and he can go to it in a drop of a hat. It shows incredible range for him, especially because in so many of these movies he's so one note. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've really found their stride with Thor. I have a question for you. Yes. As much as I agree with that this is his best performance to date. Do you think this kind of ruins Thor's, like not his image, but like Thor's image in the universe? No. No. Thor's been through, like Thor in the comics in my mind is boring. Oh. And they've done a, they, like they had a female Thor at one point where he The got, new like, Avengers. Yeah. Like, so there's been shakeups they've done before. And I feel like, you know, it's. Thor, in my mind, is just, I am literally a god. I It's like the Superman problem. And making him a weird, quirky character is such a good solution to solving how boring he is. Mm-hmm. And I think giving him the emotional weight of he blames himself for everyone dying is fantastic. And it's a, it's a strong contributor along with his drinking problem and his... Fortnite his problem. various wants and needs i love how they kept natalie portman to an absolute minimum because she is terrible as jane wow. whatever her jane. name is she jane. is absolutely terrible in the role Whoa. so i'm glad i'm glad all that we got from her was rocket raccoon sticking a needle Stop. in her butt sure well, presumably, like she was like laying down, and he was just behind her with the freaking extract Infinity Stone extractor device. Uh-huh. 
Not weird at but all. Yeah, I'm glad they kept that to a minimum. They also gave Thor's mom the most character she's ever had in any of these movies. Which I really liked. Yeah. It, it I, I thought it was going to be a waste of time, but I liked, liked it. Yeah, no, it was good. And it was also a case of, man, she could have used this back when she died in Thor 2. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> where she had like two words of dialogue, like in all of her, the movies it was, it was so bizarre to me but I, I did think they uh they pulled it off and thor and rocket raccoon continued to make a uh, strong duo did you um weird plug or segue did you ever see that futurama episode where fry actually talks to his mom in like the dream i think so it's like Could, one of the later season episodes, isn't it? Later seasons. Um, yeah. When I they actually, like, uh, Fry saves the world again. And okay. they actually give him time to talk with his mother, like, actual her mother in a dream. And she actually remembers that. And she, he has this moment where he tells he tells her everything, like, oh, my God, I got frozen. I miss you so much. I thought that moment was really reflective of Thor talking to his mom. Because time yeah. travel. And it's like... I like I have so much to tell you, but like I have little this little time. Like you're gonna die and she's soon. Like, and like, she's like, I already can see. I, I apparently she's a time wizard or something. She's she a can, witch. <laughs> yeah, a witch. she can see past, present, future, and she knows she's gonna die, but it has to happen. Yada yada. I I think this was very emotional because like leading up to it, seeing Goofy Thor and he's like just breaking down after seeing his mom. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, and it then was surprisingly it wraps up effective. With... <laughs> it, I mean, his was like the yeah. quickest heist. His was freaking super quick. Ah, oh, they should have done that with other heists. Yeah, there's definitely some to speed it up. And then they basically, from this point onward... Also, I want to talk about this briefly since we haven't really uh, zeroed in on him. But Paul, this is probably in the Marvel Cinematic Universe the best Ant-Man Paul Rudd has done. Oh, yeah. Hands down. The I best think having Lang the uh, the the best like having this big supporting cast gave uh, Ant Man a lot more to do. Because like by himself, he's he's funny, but with other people, I think he shines more. I think when he's by himself, I just see Paul Rudd. But then when he's with other characters, I see Ant Man. Like I, I I see his place in the universe. And I think overall, yes. he did a really good job. Like that scene where he meets his daughter in the future. Oh my god, that was... Is, is super that was gut-wrenching. so good. And, it, and there's also funny parts. Like yeah. when they're in the diner and they're asking for Thor selfies, but he does, they don't know who Ant-Man is. Uh, it was Hulk selfies. Oh, what did I say? It was Thor? Professor my Hulk. Bad. It was super uncanny volley, uncanny valley Mark Ruffalo. My bad, there's too many characters in this movie. Oh my god. That <laughs> how'd you feel about his the Hulk CG of him looking like Mark Ruffalo? Like this entire arc where Thor uh, Hulk doesn't do anything is some kind of it's kind of disappointing to me, to be honest. Like the In Professor which. Hulk thing is good. Oh yeah, but yeah. like the whole like him being like a professor kind of thing. Like I know what what is referring to, but at the same time, like uh, like that's not the Hulk I want to see. I mean, it just made me giggle every time I looked at him because he just looks so out of place. <sighs> that... Like just seeing this very anim- very well animated, still not as convincing as it could be CG face. Like it's fantastic CG work, but it's it's so goofy looking. 
that, Look, uh, it just, it just here's what I'll say. Up. Hulk should be smashing, not mashing with people. Okay. That's what I want to say. Uh, okay. All right. Like when, when's the last uh, time you saw Hulk smash? He fights the final fight scene. Yeah, but leading up to that, I have to wait two and a half hours just to see him smash. That's fine. He didn't <sighs> do any smashing in Infinity War. He got smashed. Yeah, like that's that's also like uh, that's also my like minor complaint for Infinity War. I mean, that was that was how they solved the problem of how does Thanos win? Take out the Hulk. Oh boy. I mean, to be fair, in a one-on-one fight, Thanos utterly like curb stomps him. Like it's not even a. Uh, contest all right then we are agree to disagree professor hulk is great even though i don't really like his place great's a strong word professor hulk funny? is funny acceptable he's fun he's not emotionally engaging he uh, he's there <laughs> and it's his goddamn uh, smile as professor hulk makes me giggle every time uh all right so basically Let's talk One about last the... to talk about. Pardon? Am, am I forgetting one? The quill scene? I guess Which that wasn't... One? Where War Machine just punches out quill. Oh! I completely forgot that about scene was War great. Machine in this movie. <laughs> it was. I, I, I meant to talk about it way back when they did Avengers 1. Because it was happening simultaneously with that. Yeah. Like, the whole scene of them just watching... Uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, dance around for the intro of Guardians 1. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what a fucking idiot. Like, they're just like, like going, this guy found the freaking Infinity Stone? This guy? <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, oh boy. I, I think War Machine might be like my least favorite adventure. Uh, at least he has a cool suit. Like, Don Cheagle's a pretty good actor, and he's just so boring. I think it's just like, I think he's just overshadowed by uh, the Iron Man. I think that's what it is. I think he's overshadowed by the previous actor who played that character in Ooh. Iron Man 1. Really? I like this I Rod- thought, Rodney. I, I thought he was way more convincing as Tony's friend. Hmm. And it just felt so weird just to randomly go, oh yeah, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Wait, who are you? <laughs> Look different, but you're still my best friend. Yeah. I I wonder right. if he regrets not continuing the War Machine act or the Maybe. the role. I'm not fully aware of the circumstances that led to uh, the actor change. And me neither. So. Yeah. I, I so I won't dwell on it. But all right, everyone's back. The Golden Infinity Stones. Hulk snaps. Not smashes, he snaps. Snaps. With the special Iron Man Infinity Glove. Thanos pops in with the help of evil Nebula. Mm-hmm. Pascamora is convinced to help out current day Nebula. And we get the probably the best action scene in every Marvel movie ever. And so many great scenes contained in the best action scene ever yeah i guess i guess it's it's great scenes in a sequence it, it was a perfect like sequence of events i, I, I just don't have words for it like there's a awe. certain thrill just to seeing all these different heroes especially once they do the reveal of hey 
It worked. People are back. Here we go. Everyone's joining in. But before that, I got to ask the question. Thor is... Uh, not Thor. Damn it. Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> you know how... I'm very fixated on this. I know. In, when Hulk snapped his fingers... Yes. To bring everyone back, his half of his body was like almost severely damaged from the amount of yeah. power he needed to channel. What kind of fucking technology does Tony Stark have that can contain the power of the five infinity stones in like his glove and not have it break after snapping? That is a good question. In in his defense, Iron Man's technology is basically magic. The yep, level of crazy absurd level of like nanotechnology Vibranium. Iron Man suits like it's just Wakanda it's technology. over the top. It's over the top. It's it's completely that insane. thing doesn't break ever. Yeah. Or does well, it what's even off? crazier is that Tony Stark can have all of he can hold all the infinity stones. Like, yeah, that I remember was like, back. Whoa. I remember back in Guardians One, we're just holding one, like, completely you. killed you, and it took Star Lord being like part god to not die, and he and was still Tony's like dying. Stark. And Tony Stark's like, I got all seven, and look at me, I'm fine. <laughs> but it leads us to one of the greatest parts of the sequence is that whole "I am Iron Iron Man" bit, which is fantastic. All right, let, let's slowly build up to like the entire fight scene. So, well, I don't want to cover all of it super in depth. No, 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 so I'll, I'll say just pick your pick your moments, oh and we'll God. go from there. Okay, fine. Part favorite part number one, when Thor, I got it right this time, grabs the Stormbreaker and the hammer. I can't pronounce properly. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. He, he steals it from past Thor <laughs> in the heist, and that's so. It, that's cool and all, but everyone's like, "What the hell's gonna happen to Thor in this timeline?" But that gets solved. <laughs> but the 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 moment he dual wielded, I'm like, "Oh shit!" He's just throwing them back and forth. And it's like the best Thor ever. But let's. I'm gonna. I'm and gonna. Then, I'm gonna cut to my favorite part of this whole scene. I think this is my absolute favorite part of the whole MCU, which is when Thor. It's my favorite part here. too. Yeah, when Mjolnir, when Mjolnir gets knocked out of his Thor's hand, and Thanos is like ready to do the final blow. Cap's been Cap was fighting Thanos like one on one for a while. He's been beaten to crap, but he never gives up because that's Cap's things. He never gives up, and you see the hammer vibrate, and Thor has his hand open for it to go to him so he can strike at Thanos, and it whizzes past them and goes into Cap's hand, and he gets the power of it and just wreck shop and thor just screams i knew it and everyone Ugh. in the theater loses their shit it was so worth it even though i know in the comics other characters have used it before and i know cap has used it in the comics before it was so cool to see on screen and the combos he did with it <laughs> he was doing crazy shit with it it's like thor why didn't you give it to this this to him sooner i mean how are you gonna know yeah, true, true. And he, like he was doing oh my god, it's such an exciting sequence when he uh he uses it. And <sighs> throw a shield I, I swear to god, I, I think I whispered to you or or our, my other friend that saw it with us, Justin. I whispered to one of you like I can't wait for this movie to come out in Blu-ray and someone makes an AMV with you say run out of the sequence. 
Oh. <laughs> like like it's, the music just instantly goes when he picks up the hammer. Oh, it's going to be so good. I mean, you could have just overlaid that entire track in the entire fight scene, to be honest. No, the... you, you need it for that. And that's not even like the climax of the fight, which is crazy. And then comes the next favorite moment of the movie. Um, well, actually, no. I don't. I, I, like, it's I mean, there's the a... part. There, there's the part where everyone's fighting, and you're cutting back and forth. Where like Pe- Pepper Pot shows up in the rescue in her suit. suit. Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Great. No, no. Like the the first moment when they assemble, I think that part's also great. That part's also awesome. And the cap just goes like, I thought he was gonna scream out loud, but he just goes like, Avengers, assemble. I was like, oh, the chills. Fight. Yeah, they do their their big fight, and it's a really fun action sequence. Seeing everyone play off one another and and contribute, and there, you know, you got Spider Man there using the instant kill mode. That was from hilarious. Way back, way that's a that's a, that's almost a, a it's a pretty deep callback to his movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a, that was a good callback, and and that that whole whole bit is fantastic and you got hawkeye they're playing football with the uh the, the gauntlet, gauntlet trying to keep it up. i gotta say though if there's one thing that really bothers me about this fight scene which is like amazing and i think it's the best thing ever it's how op thanos is he is even without like, the stones. in infinity war he had the stones and he uses the stones when he fights the avengers and he kicks their ass whereas here sense. it's just him and his freaking boomerang sword and he just wrecks everybody. I mean, he is a titan. Yeah, I, I guess so. It's just weird, just because he kind of struggled a bit with Thor, even with the Infinity Stones. And then yeah. now, without them, he's like easily kicking Thor's ass. I mean, Thor's fat, right? <laughs> that's, the justific- <laughs> Fair. that's the justification, right? That's strong justification. <laughs> um, I even Cap, and he blocked... Thanos' punch with the Infinity Gauntlet, which is one of the best scenes in Infinity War. And even he struggles with it. Yeah. And Iron Man just struggles because Iron Man, yeah. I guess. But there's there's so much good to unpack here that we could never fully uh, do it justice. Uh, how many characters they brought back for this one scene. From just like how everyone's contributing. Everyone's there. Everyone's, everyone's doing something. And I, then you have the big moment where Iron Man does the snap and kills all of Thanos' armies and Thanos. He just solves the problem. At How did you cost. feel about him just saying, I am Iron Man, as his like, final one-liner? I was definitely expecting something a lot wittier. Mm-hmm. But I did like it, because Thanos kept saying, I am inevitable. inevitable. I am destiny. And he was he kept doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I did appreciate it. And I, I also like it as a a final like farewell. Like a final resolute moment of I'm doing like I'm doing this. I'm ending this. It's also a throwback to the end of Iron Man One, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And it's a powerful moment. And then Tony Stark dies, which is a very power. It's probably one of the stronger hero deaths they've done. That moment where Spider-Man comes and keeps telling Tony that they won while Tony's yeah. like slowly dying. I was, was actually really, Im- I was really impressed with Tom Holland's acting for this. I, me too. It was like that scene just stole Especially the show. Especially because he's way more of an emotional wreck than uh, Pepper is. Pepper like, excuse me, like, 
she was ready I, for I, it. I did, I did like how she said, you can rest now. Oh my god, that was like, uh, uh. That was good. And then, of course, you have the funeral, you have the message of, I love you 3000, which is the most, like, I heard people sobbing in the theater at that moment. I'll buy you all the cheeseburgers you want. <laughs> there was freaking sobbing. Open sobbing. Not as bad as Ian during Infinity War, but, uh, People were distraught. The and I can't believe silence. Like there's silence in movies, but the moment when they cut to the funeral, like holy crap, the movie the theater was dead silent. Yeah. When Everyone like, was showing, so like, emotionally spent at that point. We've been in that theater for like oh, probably over Two three hours with ads. Like we've been like and- just Orgasm. Like, like, the most the exciting America scenes. Act- yeah, we just saw the most exciting action sequence Marvel's ever attempted. Because I've always felt the DC movies do action scenes way better than Marvel. And that that sure. sequence completely. Like if you look at if you do not watch Justice League, but look up the fight scenes on YouTube, <laughs> each punch and the actual flow of the action, I think is a million times better than most stuff out of Marvel, with the only exception being maybe Captain America, Winter Soldier, and this movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I think DC's always been good at that, and they really stepped up their game here. Also, before we talk about the, the final bit of the movie, I wanted to talk to you about Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, I, me too, because that was a big question mark. Coming I mean, into the movie I, and coming out of the movie. Yeah, coming in, I was like, you know, she's literally a super saiyan. She can solve this problem by herself. She is so OP. She's the Superman of this universe. Which I thought Thor was. Which is So it's weird to me to have, like, two Another people one. on that level. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad she was used sparingly because Brie Larson is a good actress. She's won Emmys. She's been successful. She's had a great career. I love She's Captain Marvel. So, I found her so wooden in like in the role of uh, Captain Marvel. Like she's so calm all the time, and you don't really get a lot of like emoting out of her. Really, you don't really get a, a lot out of her. She's very stoic, mm-hmm. which might not that might be the purpose, and I could just be it could just be like a preference. But I just find that she's kind of boring, and in this movie. Her like her coming in at the very end, it felt weird. It felt like like she showed up really delayed. But if she showed up earlier, you wouldn't have the cool stuff with everyone else. So, <laughs> the the best part of the when she shows up to blow up that one warship. You know how it's like every battle's leading up, showing showing off like each hero. Yeah. Like scene with like Captain, scene with Iron Man, scene with all the the female Marvel heroes, which I th- I thought was great. Yeah, and then cool Captain Marvel, and then Captain Marvel shows up, destroying the warship, and up to this point, everyone's like cheering, going like, "Oh man, look at that character! Oh man, look at that!" And when Captain Marvel shows up, nothing. Yeah, it was weird. Everyone and I thought like, I was like, oh, I was right. actually going like, "Oh shit, she blew up a warship!" And everyone's like, "Crickets." Yeah, I'm like, it, wow, that's it, really weird. telling. And I and I don't think it's necessarily like like of like people are toxic towards her. I just think no. it's just people are not emotionally invested. I think it's too soon because Captain Marvel just like 
came yeah. out like, like months everyone before. else we've had at least like five years to grow attached to or multiple movies yeah where's captain marvel we've been attached to for what two months three oh months my God. yeah like not even i literally and, saw the movie uh, the week before endgame just to catch wow. up wow yeah dang um yeah so we talked about captain marvel that's all i really have to say about her I'm glad she didn't steal the spotlight from other people. I'm glad she got a moment for herself. With fighting Thanos. I like her haircut. <laughs> eh, I like I like her the Captain Marvel haircut better. To be I honest. thought it was, it was just too boring, too basic, too too samey. Spices it up, gives her I mean, a different just flavor. Personal preference. She looked more beautiful that way. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pardon me. Uh, but yes, the final bit, the funeral, everyone giving their respects to his daughter, whose name I can't remember. It's based off of like her grandfather's name or something. Pepper's grandfather. Don't me. I don't remember either. But, you know, great, great stuff. And then the final bit of Captain America, going, like of them going, hey, we still have to return the stones and like set the timeline. Back. and a hammer <laughs> and captain america is like you know what i'm gonna do it and people are like you sure like we got fucked up when we tried to do this with all of us and he's like you know what um, i got this hammer now i'm basically top tier i'm basically god and he goes and cleans up and they're like, okay he should be back in like five seconds because that's how time travel works and then nothing nothing at all and then the instant there is that delay, everyone everyone knew what they did. Everyone knew what Cap did. He chose love. He chose life. He just saved all of half Humanity. of existence. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to go back to Peggy. Can't blame him. She's best girl. I can't blame him. Oh my god. And I I love that bit of him just being an old man and he's like, "You know what? I'm done. I'm good. I I I lived. I finally I finally got that." And then you're like, "You know what, Cap? This is a good way to send you off." What more can you do? Honestly. And that and, and that final scene of him and Peggy finally having their dance like 60 years even like 70 years well after the fact. Mhm. So I thought that was a nice note to end on with no after credits, which helped make this feel conclusive. Well, they did satisfying, but they have. What do you mean? They did add the Tony Stark hammer hammer sound at the end. Sure, but it was it was here because we left early. (laughs) <laughs> it was like two o'clock and I had to work. I had to get up in three hours for work. What do you, mm-hmm. what can you do? Um, but I did, I did enjoy how it felt conclusive. It felt like, Hey, this is the end of this story. We finally got there. We don't have to look forward at the, ca- at the calendar, even though there's like, what, like a Spider-Man movie coming out later this year. A couple of months. Oh my God. It it never stops. <laughs> like I, like that movie has such a it's such a tough act to follow. I mean, to be fair, they need to wrap up phase three so they can like start planning for phase four. I thought this was the wrap up of phase three. 
And Spider-Man's in a weird position. Yeah. But I yeah, think they have to because, you know, got to make money. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man makes money. He's good at that. He's, like, arguably number one at that. Uh, before we sort of wrap this up, I wanted to address the last big thing, the last big shakeup they do. And that is the selection of who is the next Captain America. Which I thought it was pretty obvious because if you follow the comics, you know. You would think Bucky, since that's what happens in the story there. And based off of their relationship in the movies, mm-hmm. you think that's where they would go. But no. Falcon. The new Captain America. Which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I just don't think Falcon's a very interesting character. Even, But, Darren, I think... Didn't they actually show Falcon as Captain America in the new Avenger comic? Where they have like the female Thor and everything? I couldn't tell you. I'm sure it's something that's happened, but I think thematically within the movies, I was kind of like, I feel like you're just doing this for representation, whereas thematically, Bucky was still appropriate. Just because... Just because Falcon and Cap, their relationship is pretty much just their work friends. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really have a lot of emotional scenes together, whereas Bucky and Cap have this big back and forth. Like He literally went to war for Bucky in Civil War. He literally fought for him to, to believe in his friend. And Bucky, there's even a point where Bucky's using the shield in, in that movie. So it just... I think thematically it's more appropriate. I think it's fine for Falcon going forward to be Captain America. I'd like to see him in the role to give him a shot. Maybe it, maybe it will help make Falcon's character more interesting, this shakeup there. But overall, kind of eh. Well, my theory is because they announced the new Avenger comic, I think during the time of Infinity War, like the new Avengers, where sure. like it's like post uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. That actually has Falcon as Captain America. Female Thor, a new Tony Stark. I think the if uh, phase What do you four, mean a new Tony Stark? Not a, like, sorry, new Iron Man. Yeah, I, I was I just going to say, I don't know like, who wait, wait, do they go, they do the weird travel shenanigans, just pull Tony Stark out of a different timeline? Maybe, I don't know. Like, I didn't also, here's another question for you. Did past Gamora get put back in the past after the battle? Or is she still out there somewhere and then in the actual past, like, past Gamora just stopped existing? Uh, I mean, the Guardians are looking for her, right? Doesn't that mean she stayed in that timeline? Maybe? That's why I think it implied. But what does that mean for, like, the timeline she came from? Is she I mean, just, that- like, no longer exists there? I mean, Thanos is gone from that timeline, too, so I guess that timeline is just yeah, peaceful, that, that, I guess. Yeah, you know what? Fair. Fair. That timeline's at peace. Gamora's not there. Thanos sure. is dead. <laughs> yeah, sure. Infinity War and that timeline never happened. We also have Thor being a part of the Guardians now. Which I'm looking forward to in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume yeah. 3. Yeah, I mean... Which is coming. Yeah, yeah. With James Gunn back at the helm. Thank God. So maybe we'll finally get that uh, Adam Warlock movie. But Andy, overall, let's wrap this up. We've been talking about Endgame longer than I expected we would. But I knew we were going to talk about it. We can go on. (laughs) We can go on, my friend. 
But we can gush about so much. What more. are your your closing remarks? God damn it! I thought this was my show. <laughs> um, closing remarks. Please go see it if you l- loved Marvel movies to any degree. Then this is best. This is like the best swan song a fan could ever ask for. I might yeah. still be in the honeymoon phase, but all in all, even if it kind of dragged on, the some of the scenes kind of makes up for it in the end and gives character the closure they needed. Yeah, and makes opens doors for uh, possibly new characters to take on the helm, and opens new possible scenarios and new movies. And Robert Dowry Jr. needs a break. And a salary decrease. <laughs> <laughs> so they can hire more people. Yeah. I think, yeah, this is a good way to end this, this entire arc. I could not ask for a better ending, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that was the first time I really walked away from a Marvel mo- movie like fully satisfied. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Infinity yep. War just left you hanging and <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. It did. And uh this was the follow up. I, I didn't I I honestly didn't think they could pull it off the way they did. So I think it's a very pleasant surprise in that it is a success in every sense of it. There's small nitpicks you can have. It's a very long movie. People are trying to strategically plan bathroom breaks, which is insane. Just grow strong or you don't deserve to watch it. Um, But overall, fantastic movie. If you have any attachment to any of the MCU, you owe it to see it. And if you have no interest at all, you should probably just see it just to see what everyone's talking about. Although if you don't see it seeing the previous movies, it makes no sense. Honestly, if you just saw like Guardians 1, 2... Civil Thor, War. Ragnarok, Civil War, and then watch Infinity, Infinity War, War. You'd probably be good. Yeah, because that's the only stuff where like I mean, Thanos is really ever relevant. Present. Yeah. yeah. But oh, overall, and Captain Marvel. Just just to see that uh, ending. <laughs> nah. Her entire purpose in the movie was just to bring Tony back. Her entire purpose was to remind everyone that she was there and to make them another movie. Oh god, I hope they Okay, um give your final thoughts cuz I got one more lingering questions to ask. No, go ahead. I'm pretty much I'm done. Oh cool. So they did Civil War. Mhm. And Infinity War, which were one of the big uh quote-unquote collaboration arcs, I think. Yep. What arc do you think they're going to do next? Just what do you out mean? of just Hmm? Like like storyline arc? What's the big event that's going to bring everyone together back again? Because I have some theories. Big event. Well, this was the event. Yeah. And honestly, my, my knowledge of the Marvel Universe is so small that I honestly don't know who else warrants bringing everyone together. And I guess a different take on the question is, who do you want to see next? This is a cheeky answer, but I want to see Legion from X-Men. I want to see that. Ooh. I think that is the natural standpoint. If you have all the mutants versus the Avengers, like you have 
that conflict of of these people appearing now and that could be a way to introduce them that could kind of lead to a conflict where they need an ensemble which is this my theory is also correlates with yours okay. the scroll the scroll wars oh they have set themselves up for that and that's that comic book arc is when the x-men comes in too I think that would be a great convenience plot to bring everyone together back. That would be a good reason (laughs) to bring them into the fold. But the only problem I see with that is Captain Marvel portrayed the Skrulls as like these like good refugees. I mean, they could just go. They could just go. Oh, these are the evil Skrulls. (laughs) They're the ones that are like ruined by war. All they do is kill now. And the other villain I would personally like to see. Bring back Doctor Doom. Make him great again. Forget what happened with the Fantastic Four reboot. <laughs> Just rewrite Holy him. Holy crap. Please. What an adaptation. Doctor Doom, please. Oh my god. I still picture that movie in my head when I close my eyes. Holy crap. Andy, I think that about wraps it up. Good damn movie. Good talk, by the way. I thought I thought we had a pretty insightful conversation. I thought we'd be gushing a bit more. Well, it's been a week. It's been a good hour and a half. It has been. All right, then I will do my hosting duties and wrap this up. Thank you for listening, viewers. We are finally available on most major popular podcast outlets. Um, Search Gaming Blues Podcast, and that's... And that way, you will find us via RSS feed and get the latest episode right to your favorite podcast listening devices. Hey, it actually went really well. Yeah. All right. Um, we will be back to discussing more video games hopefully next week. Because this week, it was more like entertainment with Endgame and Game of Thrones. And unfortunately for you... I don't follow Game of Thrones that relig- religiously, so. Oh, I was about to cut in and say, unfortunately, you couldn't see it because the episode was so dark. <laughs>